Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, coming at you from Moscow, Idaho. We've got also, of course, my brother Jacob Johnson coming at us you from just an had to add that in. state, soon to be Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> this is true. That is true. That's why I added it in true. there. I just, I, I got to ramp up the guilt trip. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a guilt trip. Well... Would that be considered a guilt trip if I do want to be there? That's the question. To guilt or not to guilt? Yeah, yeah. That's the question. Hmm. <laughs> well, anywho, thank you all for joining us on this Current Events Monday. Hope you had a great uh, weekend. Good uh, Lord's Day. Um, we got a lot going on today. This is going to be a special uh, we're doing this. For those of you who weren't aware, we, Jake, we never announced this. Ha! announcing it now this is a thing first time we did it last <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> we forgot yeah right. <laughs> surprise so we did a it's thing a surprise last... for us too it is a surprise that we didn't announce this and didn't share it and it's a it's been an interesting planning process too which we had our first mm-hmm. planning meeting this last weekend it was tremendous so uh, the results of that are immediately available on any of our social medias. So if you're not following us on Gab, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, uh, or Getter, follow us on any of those. And you will have access to our marvelous calendar. If it's not marvelous, leave a comment because I did my best work. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> it looks fine. Okay, thanks, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> um. But uh, anywho, so now you know exactly, exactly what what chapters we're reading in our, our brand new book. This guy right there, <laughs> Case for Christian Nationalism. That's that's the bookshelf copy. My my copy is over there somewhere. <laughs> um, this guy has too one, many books. Gotta, gotta have one for the set. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anywho, so you can find all of that on our social media platforms, and then you can also. Um, see what uh, discussion topics we're doing. So for those of you who are new, um, we do three episodes a week. We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're changing up our Friday schedule. I know I'm taking a lot of time here at the beginning to break down some of this. I'm sorry. It'll be over soon, I swear. Um, We're changing up our Friday schedule. We're doing every other week instead of every single week. So some weeks we'll have two episodes, Monday and Wednesday. Some will have three, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So stay tuned for that. Just check the calendar. I put up a post on social medias and you can find the calendar for yourself. All right. Enough with that. We're done. We're do- it's over. We're done. Um, you better be. Special. Uh, you better be, you little. Um, current event special is today. And this is something we did last week, all haphazard-like, except it was fun. So we were like, hey, let's be haphazard once a month now. Did and you say so last we week? Last month. I did say last week. Okay. A little too haphazard there. <laughs> Not that lackluster, Bruce. Come on. Um, this is Factor Fiction. So welcome to Factor Fiction, current event special where we, where I have selected a list and Jacob needs to tell me whether that list, whether that item, each item in the list is fact, or whether it's fiction. I'll tell you, this week it's a doozy. He fooled, he, 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 I didn't fool him last week, last month, last episode we did this, last time. So this time around, I, I've yanked it up to hopefully an 11. And I really hope, hope. we can get him this time. Let's, let's hope. Let's He's hope. like, at least make it a challenge for me. Um, <laughs> so then after we do the current... Insert, the factor fiction, thir- in, 
insert Thor meme yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after we do that, uh, we're going to move into our theological wrap up. Quick, quick five to ten minute wrap up talking about I want to talk about why does the future matter? Why does the future matter? Why does the future matter? Well, hopefully I answer that. Um, but before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week and our verse this week passage, really, because we can't just do one verse. That would be insane. Our passage this week is Psalm 47. <laughs> Jake's like, yeah, how could you even think about doing that? Uh, Psalm 47 verses five. I'm sorry, six verses six through eight. This passage says, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises for God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a Psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. And again, that's Psalm 47 verses six through eight. This is going to play super well into um, my theological wrap up today, but it also just plays really well into our show's theme in general. Um, you know, our, our show's theme from the very, very beginning, our verse is um, Matthew 5.13, which is be salt and light. And we've extrapolated over the last two years of the show <laughs> on what that means, right? And it's so much deeper than you think it, it is. Um, there are so many theological references that refer to the salt and this light. And so salt is this preserving factor in a society, right? That takes uh, good biblical principles and preserves them in a society. But additionally, it, it preserves the society using those biblical principles, right? So you have this twofold idea. And then light is the opposite of dark, but it's also something that stands out. It's something that's different. It's a beacon of hope. It's something that other nations should want to say, whoa, what is that? What, what are they, they're doing things so differently. Oh my goodness. They have a democratic Republic. Where the heck did that come from? We have, we've only ever seen that once before in, in the history of this world. And it was in Israel. Like what the heck? Oh my goodness. And now they're the biggest country in the world. Oh, and they're the most powerful. How, did that happen? Not biggest geographically. Sorry. I'm not an idiot. Most powerful. How in the world did that happen? Right? We want that. That's brilliant. That's what we want mm -hmm. here in Moscow, Idaho. We want Christians to be thriving and for unbelievers to say, why are they doing so well? Why are they so happy? Things are horrible right now. Things are going miserably, right? The country's falling apart. Economically, we're on a sharp decline. We're at like basically Great Depression levels of, of uh, uh, everything. <laughs> it's not great. And Christians are doing well. Why? Well, because we live by a higher standard. We live biblically. We live differently. And we should, should stand out. We should look different. That's part of being light. So salt and light. So anyways, this passage, back to this passage. Quick, 30 seconds, and then I'll wrap up. We'll get into our segment. This passage is talking about why and how we do this. Why do we live differently? Why are we salt and light? Because Christ is king. God is king of all the earth. And what do we do as a result? How do we live differently? What do we do? Sing praises with a psalm. Sing praises to God. Sing praises to our king. And then again, 
another justification at the end. It's like, it's kind of like this passage is going justification, what to do with it. Justification, what to do with it. Like mm -hmm. back and forth, right? Sing praises to God, sing praises. Well, that's more of a what to do with it. And then why? For God is king of all the earth. So sing praises. <laughs> okay, but why? God rules. He reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. Sing praises. <laughs> right? Uh, so anyways, we'll talk more about this as the week goes on, but uh, brilliant passage. I, I just love this. All right. In Here sense, we go. You, go ahead, Jake. Sorry, just to add a, a short little bit. Yeah. In a sense, you, you sort of get a um, rejoicing from this like oh, we yeah. believe Absolutely. the the singing praises is is vitally important because we do believe in singing being a your everyone has the instrument of song everybody has the instrument of your voice of your vocal cords yeah so singing yeah. is very vitally important so we can't necessarily switch out singing for enjoyment because singing is is vital but in a sense there there's a small little bit of this then it may be bigger than i'm making it out to be but that there's this enjoyment of enjoying that God is king, enjoying that God has um, has control over everything, and it isn't uh, the government that's controlling everybody, because that would yeah. be terrible. We're not at the that way would not be cause for rejoice. Yeah. Yep. So, absolutely, dude. Great, thank you. Thanks for the, the input there. All right, so fact or fiction? I'm gonna explain the rules for those of you who didn't tune in last year. Year, month. I skipped right over month. I almost said day. I'm like, no, not day. Let me go for the next one. Year. No. Yeah. No. no. Okay. So rule one is answer if it's fact or fiction. What? Uh, did I just make this up or is it actually real? I know. You didn't see that rule coming. Rule two, though, is a little tricky. Give an insanity score. Jake, I changed it from last month. Um, it's no longer the sanity. It's an insanity score since you wanted to do that so badly. So now you get to tell okay. me how insane this is. From one to okay. five. And How insane one is... One to five, gotcha. Yeah, one to five. Give a reason for the score you picked. Makes sense? So I don't want to just hear three. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, three, because it could have been worse. Uh, but it's also really insane that people are still pretending Biden's president. Like, that would be a, a really good uh, score. Um, so here we go. That's too Moving short. In. Don't you know me already? <laughs> Wouldn't be that short. You can take your time with these because I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven total. So here we go. All right. First headline, fact or fiction, CIA to develop chat GPT style AI tool to aid intelligence analysis. Fact or fiction, my good sir. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with fact. Okay. Um. And and only reason I go with fact is because uh, I don't know. It's just a knee jerk reaction to go with fact here because I feel like the w the world is this insane when it comes to AI. But um, like that's legitimately something I think would be a good idea. Hey, right, right. let's base like intelligence observation on humans on observations. Exactly. From AI. This, let's do and, it. <laughs> and, and let me give the insanity score here real quick. Five. Because, and let me explain, I, I will say it's five, and the reason I go that high is that, what is the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, right? They, they are very integral in what they do with your information, what they do with, they have a very 
uh, key part in your life, in a sense. Like, they know everything that you do. They, they, have, um, they have ways of getting to all of your information. They and now we're handing this... Proxy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's vitally important. They're a very important agency. Not to say that they're needed or that we should have them. I'm just saying right. currently in this day and age, they, they have a lot living, of control. Living up to their name. Yeah. They're definitely central. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, so your 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 sanity score was what again? Her insanity score five, five because it's insane. insane. Um, and you said it was fact, and you're actually correct. I it's fact. really thought really thought I'd get you on that one. Um, so you know, <laughs> great job. Next, here we go. Police chief in Buffalo, New York, says any officer that uses the wrong pronouns when addressing victims or making arrests will be fired immediately. Fact or fiction? Hmm? Fact. I have to go fact with this one. <laughs> um, I'm going fact with this one. And I might be wrong, because I could see it either fact or fiction. But um, insanity score. If this were actually true... I would go with the four, because it's not the most insane thing. At least they're in fitting with their religion. At least right. they're being a little bit more consistent with what they want. And so it's not as insane anymore. Like I think too much I've I've gotten used to just the way that they work. Desensitized. Yeah, yeah. So this seems yeah. normal. Not not normal normal. Not, that not it is the normal. normal it should be. But to, right. yeah, in this day and age it is normal. So Yeah. Well Four insanity score, and you said fact. It is actually fiction. I made this up, but I based it. I based it on a judge. I forget exactly what the judge ruling was, but it was actually something along these lines, where like the case was dismissed because the defendant used the wrong pronouns or something like that. It was kind of, yeah, it was something around along those lines. Um, I don't remember at the moment, but anyways, it gave me this idea. I'm like, oh, he might buy this. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and so it did. worked finally. And it did. <laughs> Two Thank games. That was a good. Took one. me two games, yeah. but I finally got I got one over on him. All right. Um, well, you did get one the last the last week. Did I? La not last. I didn't week, think I did. Last time. I thought, I thought you got them all right last time. Nope. There was one I got wrong. Ah. Okay. No. All right. You're so up maybe two I'm, points. Just one every single time. That's all I'm ever gonna get. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Fact or fiction? Texas Church is helping shuttle children seeking puberty blockers and sex change mutilations to blue states. Fact or fiction? I kind of want to go fiction with this one. So, um, yeah, and in insanity score, if this is true, if this is actually fact, I'll give an insanity score um, of, again, four, for, the, for kind of the same reasons, because it would be, in fitting with their religion, they they want to, and and really, it's not the in fitting with their church, though. That well, their religion seeps into everything now, so mm -hmm. their religion is in churches. Yeah, um, it's just not the main section of where their religion comes from. But to the reason I think this is what did I say? Did I say fiction? Yeah, fiction. Okay, 
reason I say this is fiction is because I'm a little bit confused as to like Texas. I always thought Greg Abbott was doing a little bit better of a job than he used to. So I would think this was a little bit off for him. Um, At the end of the day, though, it's not Greg Abbott. It is the church. So What is that? At the end of the day, though, it's not Greg Abbott. It's the people of the state. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's so the church who's deciding to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This is fact, unfortunately. This is this is a true thing that a wow. church in Texas is doing. Um trafficking kids across states to get them I should have gone five. Mutilated. I should have done five instead of four or five cuz this is bad. That's like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't believe this when I read it. Absolutely insane. Um, All right. Here we go. Fact or fiction. New Jersey authorities say a man drove into a house. One. He drove into a house. Then he drove into a police station. And he emerged pumping his fists in the air while playing Welcome to the Jungle. (laughs) Fact or fiction. (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) This. I'm going to say fact. Mainly because it is so crazy, it <laughs> has to be true. Um, oh, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it away, but you should see the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So it is fact. It's fact. Um, I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's... Drives into oh, house, man. then drives into police stations and emerges. Wow. So pumping his fist in the score. air. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, what's your insanity? To be story? honest, uh I've done five too much. <laughs> so I gotta do something different. <laughs> Maybe they're all just that crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, where was this? Do you know? Um, New Jersey. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did say that. Eh, for New Jersey, this is a two. <laughs> it is New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it is New Jersey. So, yeah, it makes sense for New Jersey for someone to do this, especially Indeed. since they've we, defunded we, the police. We can which say I this, a... people. We're allowed to diss New Jersey because we had to live next to New Jersey for our mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> Oh, we we had to deal with New Jersey people who came over to our state. Yes, yes, and like you knew, okay, marked cars. The cars are already pre-marked for the bad drivers, right? They just have mm-hmm. New Jersey plates on them, so just avoid the bad drivers with the New Jersey plates. No, <laughs> New York and New Jersey. But I repeat but myself, yeah. <laughs> and New York, yeah, yeah. Anywho, all right, we got wow, one minute. Let's see, I gotta pick a good one. Out of the list. Oh, so many good ones. Um, all right, here we go. I'm going to do this one. Here we go. Fact or fiction? Oh, I really hope I get you this time. Poll shows that 65% of Americans are not in favor of a government shutdown. And the biggest reason they gave was social security concerns. Wait, how does that compute? How does that make sense? Why would they have an issue? Okay, I'm I'm gonna go fact with this. So, could you explain a little bit more about that? Like, right. why would they have an issue with the 
shutdowns yeah. because of social security. Yeah, it they don't want it sense. to go up. Or part of that uh, confusion might be that it's uh, fiction. <clears throat> ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Okay. I did it. I did. <laughs> I rose the bar. Now I got to beat this next time. But dude, yeah. So, so that, like, yeah. I was going for, okay, the government shutdown was a huge thing. Honestly, like scrolling through all of the sites trying to find these headlines, everything on the communist news sites like CNN, MSNBC, all those mm-hmm. garbage fake news places were literally all showing like government shutdown. Here's how to prepare. Your life will end if the government shuts down. Here's why. You should be panicking this weekend and crying in a hole because the government's shutting down. Run for your life. Oh, and so like I don't literally the panic was ridiculous and i'm like all right i gotta i gotta capitalize on this like <laughs> mm-hmm. you said government shutdown that's my bad yeah. my brain um what do you think i said converted it to lockdown to like COVID 19 oh, lockdown. lockdown that's so i'm like how would how would they not want a lockdown because yeah. of social security government that doesn't make sense there we go <laughs> government shutdown that makes a little bit more sense i yes. still would have chosen fact because i i, I could seriously yeah, I, I do have to give a number. And and I would say and I'll give a reasoning. I'll I'll choose three because there's there's two sides of the spectrums to this. Because it, it's not completely insane because it makes sense for our culture. It makes sense that people would have an issue with the government shutting down because they don't get their money. They don't get their free money. Um yep. because of course everybody wants their free money. Because they think they deserve it, um, when it's it's stolen, when they get it 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 itches it, it it feeds an itch in them that wants to steal, right? Ooh, our depraved nature, we want to steal, and this sort of like, I don't know, and, and I don't know if I'm going a little too far with this, but in a sense, it kind of feeds that that they now to get to steal from people legally. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm they get totally their free money. Yep. So. Yep. Yes, indeed. So I'll go with three because it, it kind of is like it, it's it's in the middle. It's insane, but it makes sense. But it's still insane, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, dude, bravo, great work. Should all congratulate Jake in the comments. I think he got like three quarters of those right. So. <clears throat> I don't. I think I don't Excuse think me. I got that many right. <clears throat> Actually. I think you I got quite most badly of this right. time. Missed two. Ah. But all right. So <laughs> hopefully you all enjoyed that. Give us a comment, like, share this video if you did. We're gonna move into our theological wrap-up. And I put this together for a couple of reasons. One of them, uh, it's tricky when there's no theme and you're trying to put together a theological wrap-up for a non-existent theme. So I went based on the cultural themes that I've seen today. <laughs> And I hope that uh, that suffices. So I've titled this, Why Does the Future Matter? Why does the future matter? <laughs> like what? Uh, introduction. One of the big reasons I decided on this topic for my wrap up was to directly confront the ever growing, just trust God that it will all work out argument that's increasingly being passed around in Christian circles. Unfortunately, This argument tends to get used whenever Christians are confronted with the truth that many of the things happening in America today are because we dropped the ball. Us as Christians dropped 
the ball because we have been breaking our covenant with God. What's even sadder is that this argument gets used and it's been popping up all over reformed evangelical churches, reformed evangelical churches, and their online public squares. And if we can't get this doctrine right, how can we expect those who've thrown off their theological heritage to? How are they going to get it right if we can't? Because let's be honest, no, this is not arrogance. We have the theological heritage that they've refused to keep. They've thrown off their liturgy. They've thrown off their church history. They've thrown off their denominations. They've thrown off all of that when we haven't in reform circles. And so if we can't get this right, how in the world are the uninformed going to? But don't you trust that God is sovereign? Ah, that common objection raised whenever we call for just a little too much work or lifestyle change on our part. What do you mean we should be working every day to Christianize every part of society? We, we can't do that. And if we try to do that, I mean, won't we be losing the point of the gospel? I mean, if God wants to Christianize the world of music, let's say, don't you think he'll just work that out on his own? Don't you trust that God is sovereign? I'm sure <laughs> if you're a kingdom-oriented Christian and you want to see the kingship of Christ acknowledged in all areas of life, you've probably had a number of these types of conversations. It's really unfortunate that we've arrived at a point in history where Christians have become so heavenly minded, they're literally of no earthly good. They, of course, try to use verses to defend their, their view of the world, such as, quote, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, Matthew 6, 34, or, or this one. Quote, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. John 18, 36. Or maybe even this one you've heard. Quote, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. John 1, uh, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Or finally, quote, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Colossians 3, 2. Many try to use these verses with the defeatist mentality, saying our view of the future should not be one where Christ makes all his enemies his footstool, Psalm 110, 1. Instead, they suggest small patches to our problems, political or otherwise, applied in the most conservative of ways, and I use conservative here to mean restraint. Rather than looking at the future as something that belongs to Christ, they look to it more as something we should fear. We've apparently forgotten the wonderful promises of God in places like Psalm 22, quote, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Additionally, they've forgotten passages like these, quote, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion, raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Or even this one. Think about this in the context we're talking about. Quote, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
Ephesians 6.11, or this one, quote, Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he's put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26. And finally, quote, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Ooh, the future ooh, as... Ooh, go ahead. Papoose, papoose. Isn't, isn't the devil the king of this world, though? The <laughs> God of this world, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, the, the power that we give to the devil in today's world is sickening in today's churches. The power we acclaim to Satan, who was crushed under the heel of Christ on the cross. The power we give to him, we should be ashamed of ourselves. It's a really good point, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> I'll go into more, but I don't have time. <laughs> That's great. The future as a worldview. When we look at the world in front of us today, we should look at it through the lens of the future. I'll explain this. Don't panic. We weren't just placed here on this earth for no reason. We've been brought at the steepest, we've been bought at the steepest of costs to take the yoke of Christ and work. Ma uh, Matthew eleven thirty and Ephesians 2, 10. So what are these good works that we're called to do? How do we know what needs to be done? Well, to answer those questions, you first need to understand two things. One, the biblical standard for all of life. That's one. Two, where we are now. Cultural sanctification is much the same as personal sanctification. If we don't understand the goal, we'll just stop wherever we feel like it. We have to know where we're going in order to understand how much work there is to be done now. That's what it means to look at the, at the present through the lens of the future. When you understand that the Bible does not allow civil government to give people licenses, build roads, or educate children, you realize how much work we have left to do in our civil government. And those issues go far deeper than whatever conservative, same word usage as above, talking points the Republicans are going on about today. We're working for much higher goals than just a political talking point. We're working for a world where America, France, Russia, and every other country on the earth acknowledges the kingship of Christ in every area of their culture. Now, that will change what you work for and how you work for it. We're working for things much grander than the next presidential election. Quote, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up nations. Uh, I'm sorry. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Daniel 2, 20 through 21. So wrapping up here, two sections. I'll get through them really quickly. They're small. Don't panic. Just a little bit over. The future through the past. Believe it or not, everything we just ab addressed above makes an extremely strong case for studying our rich past and heritage. We are just one generation in a long line of generations. We've been blessed with over 2,000 years of wisdom and folly to learn from. And God has certainly not stopped working on this earth since Christ ascended to his throne above and began his reign over this world. Not only has the gospel spread exponentially further than it ever has before. The breadth of our understanding of the world of God has the potential to be further than it ever has before as well. 
We have cultures like the medieval Christians, the Puritans, and the Huguenots to learn from. We have a rich church history and musical history. We have literary works more numerous than we can count. And God, in his providence, has blessed us with more means to access this information than any time before. When churches run from denominations, creeds, liturgy, hymnals, and psalm books, and church history, they're denying these magnificent blessings from God. Don't be those people. Those people are more easily led into heresy. Those people are largely impotent when it comes to cultural change. And those people are weaker overall, like a branch that's fallen off the main trunk of a mighty, glorious oak tree. Studying our heritage will help us work more solidly for a future built on the cornerstone of Christ, the King, and the Word of God. Finally, Jake, unless you have anything you want to add real quick. I'll move to nope. my final point. Cool. Believing God rather than man. When God says the future will look a certain way, we believe him. I want to add a word on working for things that seem impossible. How will the civil governments of the, of the entire world be Christianized? You ask, how will the world of technology be Christianized? You ask, how will the culinary industry be Christianized? You might ask, because God said so. We aren't placing any hope in our ability to do these things. For us, that's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. The full gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, will be brought to bear on every area of life. We know this because Christ gave us this mission with two clauses. He said, A, he has all authority everywhere and over everything. And B, he's always with us, working alongside us and commanding us. That's why we can confidently pray that the Father's will be done here on earth like it's being done in heaven. Christ is king, and the world knows it. So, go therefore, and apply all of scripture to all of life. Quote, And to him was given dominion, and glory, and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Daniel 7, 14. Thank you all for watching us. Don't forget to tune on, tune in on Wednesday, where we break down the chapters, uh, introduction in one uh, in the book, The Case for Christian Nationalism. Thanks again, and we will see you on Wednesday. And remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>